Welcome to the Evolve Leadership Innovation Podcast, hosted by myself, Kim Ford, CEO of Rise Pittsburgh. I'm thrilled to showcase industry leaders and their approach to workforce innovation. Because Next looks different for every company today. Let's learn, grow, and connect as we dive deep into leadership evolution. Let's evolve together. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us today as we evolve together. And I'm super excited to be talking with Jim. Jim, please introduce yourself and your company. We want to hear all about what you're doing. Sure. Hi, my name is Jim Gibbs. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Meter Feeder. Um, well, even before COVID, cities were losing billions of dollars trying to price the curb for shared vehicles. And we made a way for traditional and autonomous vehicles to pay for parking with no human interaction so cities can make money and I can stop getting parking tickets. Um, you know, we have, we have uh, you know, some cities are ready for that future city mindset where vehicles are paying for parking on their own, but, you know, to kind of uh, uh, bring it to the, to the normal near mortals like you and I, uh, we also have apps where you can pay for parking and we do uh, also have digital enforcement so the small to mid-sized municipalities can enforce and make sure that they step into the the year 2000 and are, are able to uh, uh, keep up with with modern technology. Well, it certainly makes it easier for the consumer too, because nobody wants to have to go to the machine and figure out how to use it when they can just have your app and already have their vehicle and makes it, it like simplifies it so much for the consumer. And quite frankly, I would say the most of us really care about the, the consumer, but you know, from the municipal and city perspective, it's important too, because that's re revenue. Yeah, absolutely. And the funny thing is, it's like, I, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I built it for myself, right? I have a wife <laughs> and five kids. If the chances of me having change in my pockets is literally zero. <laughs> So whenever I would see a meter, I would be like, okay, so clearly I'm just going to get a parking ticket. So Yeah. Well, and Jim, keep in mind that when they become teenagers, there's no change. I'm talking like 20s, 50s, 100s. You won't even have those because the, the bills just keep getting bigger. So well, I, I totally get it. I love yeah. it. No. So, five, you know, it's, five boys. So they, they eat a lot too. So They do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you needed to build it for yourself. That's awesome. I love it. I love what you guys are doing. And I love to continue watching you grow and grow and grow. And how has how did the pandemic affect meter feeder in general? Like what happened to you guys during that time? Sure. Well, I mean, it's kind of funny because the first person who invested in us, um, the first angel, his name was Paul Bukite. And uh, he sat my co-founder Dan and I down and he was just like, just don't spend all your money. Right. And that's <laughs> okay. essentially what we did. We just live like cockroaches. So when, <laughs> when COVID hit, next thing you know, we're sitting there, you know, 95% of our revenue just disappeared. But one of the things that we realized that like 95% of everybody's revenue disappeared. So suddenly we're looking at our competitors and they're just dropping like flies. And, you know, we're able to just sit there picking up the pieces because, again, we just didn't spend all of our money. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it was it was really difficult. You know, like, I mean, it's always difficult. But, um, yeah, that was the key. The key thing, the key differentiator was that we just wanted to make sure that our unit economics actually worked. So then, you know, in an instance where people aren't 
paying for parking anymore because everybody was staying home, you know, we were able to glide for a little bit and actually survive when others couldn't. That is amazing. And to me, you saw the opportunity and the opportunity was spend as little as you can and wait for it, wait it through whatever it takes to make it through. And, and you guys are, you're there, right? You're, I think we're over the finish line or at least we're pretty, I would assume we're close, hoping nothing we're comes close. back, but we're you close. know, fingers are crossed. We're on the other side of this. And did you have any major pivots? I mean, obviously besides money reserves and, you know, sitting and eating probably what are those, those little ramen noodles? <laughs> yeah, actually the boxes in the Oh, of course, right over there. That's off screen. But nevertheless, Wait, so it's your like, boys grow up, and that's what they want to eat. Because my daughter, I'm like, how do you like? How are you growing with eating those things of noodles? But she somehow yeah. is. <laughs> but yeah, my wife's a pastry chef, so I I don't think I'm going to get away scot free. Oh my um, gosh, that's amazing! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, any other pivots besides the yeah. obviously being being very careful with the buns? Yeah. So. Um, it was funny because one of my investors was, he essentially said, what do you think is going to happen? Right? So we like essentially mapped out different paths. So one is, Hey, everybody comes back and it's just as normal. Right? So we have a list of uh, products that we can just continue to deploy. Um, but one of the things that we noticed was, although mere mortals like you and I were not parking on, you know, on the street anymore. Right. People were still using the curb. The only difference was they have like trillion dollar market caps, right? So one of the things that we decided to do was start headed towards fleets. Okay. And yeah, like if everybody's home, clearly there needs to be delivery. And if there's delivery, they should be paying for parking. So, um, you know, we, we learned a lot just by speaking to a bunch of people in the industry. And uh, yeah, we deployed um, being able to pay for parking just by turning your vehicles off, like for the fleets, and wow. um, also monitoring parking tickets uh, in over 500 uh, markets across the U.S. That's fantastic. Now, I think that's I would have never even thought of fleet vehicles because I mean it's short term, right? But it's constant. They could be going up one road and parking 20 times, and is it really fair for them to take up that spot that I would pay for? I, I never even dawned on me that that's it, or do they just wing it and typically just go for it and think they're not going to get a violation no. or is <laughs> they know they're going to get the ticket. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I didn't even but, know. But I never even thought if you'd ticket a fleet vehicle, it never dawned on me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about like FedEx, UPS, other delivery companies, like there was a time in just New York city alone, they were getting about a hundred million dollars in parking tickets. Right. So wow. next thing you know, <laughs> Yeah. If you just extrapolate that across the entire United States, yes, it's a big problem. So oh, essentially yeah. what we, you know, we enabled ourselves to do was, you know, not ignore, you know, the, the, the consumer like app paying for parking, but, um, yeah, just enable the fleet to like not think about it yeah. and just handle it automatically. Right. And, and that's sort of the mindset, you know, it, and it's like, it's not quite a pivot. It's just right. an additional product. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, so what does back to work look like now? Yeah, so back to work, um, we actually awkwardly moved offices <laughs> during the pandemic. Uh, but uh, yeah, now it's really just, you know, as far as I'm concerned, 
I don't care if people are, are on the moon, just as long as it has clear get internet connection and <laughs> yeah, they can get in contact with me and let, let me know where they are with their, uh, with their current to-do list. But, um, yeah, that's really it. It's like, we just want to make sure that there's uh, consistent communication and everybody's working together. Right. Um, right. We need to make sure that, you know, there, there's good feedback. Everybody has a clear understanding of what needs to be done. Everyone has a clear understanding of like what help they need. Yeah. And just continue to foster that, that, that culture of, you know, we're all in this together and, you know, we may be apart, but we're all working together. And were you together before the pandemic, like working in an office yeah. side by side? Yep. Yep. So absolutely. then that's a big change, right? I mean, I assume you weren't working at home with your boys. <laughs> I mean, there was Trying. a point where I was working was. With, with the boys, like one crawling up the side while the other one's crawling down the other side. I was but, wondering um, how you did anything. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was the thing, right? It's like, for example, uh, you know, if, if my co-founder, like my co-founder and I, we've been working together for about 21 years now, right? Our relationship is officially old enough to drink. So <laughs> for me to be able to sit, for me to be like, no, you need to come to the office. It's like, look, no. I mean, if you need to stay home, just stay home. Right. Here's what needs to be done. And he just gets it done. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if, if you're not able to be responsible enough in order to like, actually get your stuff done, then like, unfortunately, meter feeder not might not be the best place for you to work. Yeah, no, it's true. And I think we're, we're hearing that across the board that, you know, companies are trying to be flexible, they're trying to trust their people. But at the same time, that trust is, is really critical. And, you know, when you break the trust, it's hard to get it back. And it's there is a trust level, right, that people know what they're doing, they have the resources, you're enabling them to be successful, but that they can handle it. You know, it's kind of like trusting yeah. your kids. It's, yeah. it's, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing. Like, it, but here's the thing, right? It's like, you can literally look at it, <laughs> right? So if you're just like, Hey son, I need you to wash the dishes. If you go back in the kitchen and none of the dishes are washed and you're sitting, <laughs> okay. there, he's sitting there watching TV, then clearly he's not going to do it. You know? Right. So it's like, it's the same thing here. Like everybody knows attention. what everybody else is doing. You know, yeah. like you have two technical co-founders and, you know, our, our CFO is in here making sure literally counting every penny that comes to the door. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> we got it. We understand it. Right. And everybody's working together. Like that's, that's the key thing that we all need to help each other succeed. Yeah. So. But isn't that the truth of life? Like even when you're a kid, like yes. it's, you're not going to succeed on your own. You have to, to yes. me, you have to surround yourself with amazing people and then you become amazing too. And, you know, pick your friends wisely. And it's just, it's like that lesson as a child of who you're playing with in the sandbox. You know, if Jimmy doesn't share, we need to work on getting little Jimmy to share. Um, Why well, gotta be Jimmy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, and it's like, it's like it carries on. And I think as, you know, we grow up, right, we realize that it's actually really, really true. Um mm -hmm. And it, it, it can set you apart from other people. And it's, I don't know, it's amazing. Now, I, I think a lot of CEOs and founders are really struggling right now with what to do. A lot of them actually are struggling with making the choices you've made. Do you have any advice for other business leaders as they kind of navigate the future? Sure. I mean, always, always, always top priority is speak to your customer. Like, they will literally 
tell you what they want you to do, right? Um, and besides that, it's like, yeah, I remember reading this one book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, right? And it's just like, it, it's so hard to, you know, accept things, right? Like, I need to give this person bad news. Like, that person needs to hear that bad news. So instead of covering that bad news, I should tell this person the bad news. It's just, you know, being able to just get your team together and to rally around, like, one specific goal. And, you know, that right there is huge. Um, you know, but then, of course, at the same time, finances can become a little bit difficult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you have to make the hard decisions, right? And it's like it all comes back to that main goal that you were looking at before. You know, if we're going to go out of business, if we don't furlough, if we don't trim down, if we don't, you know, yep. get rid of the air conditioning or whatever it happens, yes. if we don't work from home. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, we just can't, like, we all understand the goal. And if it's like, hey, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to work here anymore because the company still has the same goal, um, right. you know, they understand it's not a shock to them because like everybody's in lockstep and completely understands, you know, yep. what it is that the company is meant to do. Right. Oh, I love it. I love it very much. Well, thank you so much. The goal with Evolve is really to to join business leaders uh, from Pittsburgh and around the country to allow you to work and grow and learn together. And thank you so much for taking the, the 98 degree day and spending it with me talking. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in person soon. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to maybe grabbing some Rita sometime. Sounds awesome. Thanks, Jim. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on social media and let's continue to evolve together. See you soon.